that Christ would? Or do we jump on as well? Here is someone who lives to intercede for you and me. When the devil goes to God and accuses you or me, Christ is there to say, wait a minute, Satan. That's one of mine. I'm working with that one. Not perfect yet, but my blood was shed for him. And now he's clean through my blood. So you can't even accuse. So it doesn't make any difference what you or I did down here. We have someone who intercedes, cleans us up, and presents us to the Father and to the devil who is there to accuse us. Kind of nice to have a friend like that, isn't it? Wouldn't it be neat down here if every one of us had a friend right here on, let's say, this property. There are other people listening out on the phone line, but we're gathered right here. Wouldn't it be neat if no matter what anybody on this property brought up about you, you would have a friend here who cared enough about you that they would always intercede for you? Wouldn't that be neat? Get off his or her back because they're trying and here's something good about them. Wow, that would be neat. Too often human when we have the dog pile, don't we? One pile's on so the others do. You know what? It takes character and true godly love to be the one that starts pulling the dogs off. Call the dogs off for each other. That's what Christ does for us. He lives to intercede for us. And we're supposed to be like Him. So it's not, y'all should not ought to gossip. It's, how can I intercede for you? How can I help get the dogs off your back that are chewing on you? See, it's a positive move in the right direction. Is just, instead of, don't do that, it's, do this. Let's have an upgrade here. That's where we can sharpen one another, can't we? Because every last one of us has, and I'm sure will again, say wrong things about someone else. Right here. We don't have to go any further than right here in this room to have that happen. I know it has, and I know it will again. So, how do we fix it? It is broke. Let's fix it. You know? Let's intercede for one one another. That's what we have to do. You know, sometimes I think we're probably a little too thin-skinned, too. Sometimes when somebody says something, they're not saying anything that demeans your character or puts you down necessarily. It could simply be news. You know, so-and-so did such and such. Which might not have been a sin or a bad thing at all. It's just news. But sometimes we want to be so private we don't want to share our life or our news with other people. So to us, it's gossip if they say anything about us. That's not necessarily so. Now, we need to here to become family. And aren't families interested in news about other family members? If indeed it is news. 
and not gossip. Somebody can say, well, so-and-so went to town today. Is that bad? Not unless you didn't want somebody to know you went to town, for whatever reason it might be. You know, going to town isn't necessarily a sin, depending on what you do in town. But going there isn't necessarily a sin. But some people are so touchy that if you say anything about something they did, they're, oh, oh my, they're gossiping about me. It's not necessarily gossip. It's just family news. Are you part of the family, or are you so private you're pulling yourself away from the family? Now that judgment, we need, we need to think about that. Are we really a part of the family so that things we do and interact in are not necessarily bad and it's not wrong, and it, and it is wrong to be too private? Just as it is wrong to be too public. Some people, it's like pulling teeth to find out anything about their life. Other people will tell you every sin they ever committed or wanted to commit. Neither are the correct balance. So we can be too private or too public, just depending on our particular emotions and feelings and background and how our family was. Some families are very closed and nobody says anything. Other families are a total open book. Now, we as a family need to find the right balance and not be private about things that don't need to be private, but be private about things that need to be private. And then help each other and strengthen one another. So, just because somebody gives news doesn't mean, mean that it's bad. I heard this. Well, was, it, was this a sin? Was it something that makes you look bad or have bad character? Not necessarily. It was just an observation or what somebody heard. But we can be way too sensitive sometimes in those areas. We need to get over that. Share our lives with each other in the right balance. But he's there to intercede for us, and we're here to intercede for one another. And we're to go to Christ, and well, actually to the Father through Christ, and intercede for each other as well. Now, you might break up a dogfight between humans here, but then you also have an obligation and responsibility to get on your knees and intercede to God for each other. God, please help that person if they have it, or having a difficulty. Strengthen them. Heal them. Fix them. Whatever they need. Verse 26, for such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needs not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law makes men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law makes the son of makes the son who is consecrated forevermore. Look at Christ. Now they could compare to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses, but what did those people have? They all had their problems. So did Aaron. 
So did Miriam. Everyone who lived did. But here is a high priest who becomes us so much because he is absolutely holy, never a shadow of turning or a wrong thought, harmless, would not harm anyone in any way, but is there to intercede and help us. We're not all harmless, are we? We can bite and devour with our teeth and tongues so very easily. But he's harmless. If we sin, he intercedes for us. Father, don't let the devil get on that one because my blood covered him. Wow. Undefiled. No unclean there. He's just totally undefiled. He lived an undefiled holy life. Then he took on all of our sins, and all of our sins were washed away when his blood dripped on the ground. And they're being washed away, even as we sin, yet today. Because it is a continuing priesthood, a continuing forgiveness. That is why, when we repent and ask God for forgiveness through Christ, our sins are wiped away and suddenly Satan has no ammo. So what does he have to do? In absolute frustration, he has to hurtle back to the earth and dig up some more sin. Ah, fresh ammo. And head right back to the throne of God and get after us again. And once again, Christ says, Hey, Father, since Satan left down there to come up here and land on the throne and come before you with these accusations, I've forgiven through my blood that person. Don't even listen to the devil. He must be furious. Every time he goes and tries to destroy us before the Father, Christ intercedes because he's totally harmless, undefiled, and holy, and all our sins were washed away. Separate from sinners. Completely separated from sinners. And made higher than the heavens. That is the God to whom we look. That is the Savior whose body and bread we took recently, or body and blood we took recently at Passover. We can wash away, has washed away every sin, every bad thing that we ever did. And we can come in clear and clean conscience before the Father through Christ. The people, they couldn't even talk to the Father before. You and I find it so easy to get on our knees and say, Father in heaven. People could, do we grasp that no one could do that before Christ died on that stage? They couldn't go to God, the Father. He would not listen. It would do them no good. He was totally separated from them. And only through his death was the veil rent in twain so that we could go into the holy of holies. Before that, only Aaron could enter, and then only once a year, and then only after going through all kinds of purification, was the only time he could approach the Father. No one else could. And 
that only once a year. You and I have opportunity to approach the Father every day, several times a day. What an incredible advantage that is over every other human being who's ever breathed on this earth. And how lightly we often take it. And how often we might even ignore it and in that sense despise it. And then Satan says, aha, that one doesn't even go to the Father through Christ. His sins must remain. Therefore, I'll take those sins up there. So he takes them there. And God knows what we need before we even ask. And Christ knows what we need. So if we're on his record in the book of life, he expunges our sins for us. That's an amazing blessing, isn't it? Because who among us never sins? Who among us doesn't sin Every day, in some way or another. So we need a continual offering of that high priest. That's what Paul is trying to get across to us. And I think I'll stop right there rather than trying to get into another chapter because there's such an incredible lesson here in Hebrews 7. That Christ supersedes everything and stands above all and is there to intervene for us. So let's try to be a lot more like him and intervene and help each other. That's the lesson of the sermonette, iron sharpening iron, and certainly it's the lesson here, is that we have such a high priest who can sharpen us before our very Father.